0: Welcome to episode 13 of the wellness mama podcast, where I provide simple answers for healthier families. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com. Did you know that during your lifetime, you'll eat almost 60,000 pounds of food. That's the weight of about six elephants. The average American eats at McDonald's more than 1800 times in their life. With the amount of food we consume, it's so important to realize how much of an impact food has on our bodies in so many ways. And we're going to be talking a lot about food and other aspects of health with today's guest, Dr. Pedram Shojai. Pedram founded Well.org, and he is an accomplished author and producer of the documentary documentary Vitality. He also has another documentary coming out in November. He's studied both traditional and alternative health, and he's traveled the world studying and speaking. He and his wife recently had their first child, and I've enjoyed getting to know Pedram and hear about his little one. So welcome, Pedram. Thanks for being here.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Well, I'd love to jump right in. I know a passion for both of us is creating a better future for the next generation, and I know this is especially a priority for you now that you have your son, and I love the work that you're doing on this. So can we talk some about the problems that you see for the future generations and things we can do to work on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's such a funny thing, right? We'll, we will forego doing things for ourselves oftentimes, and you know, there's there's a select few that have always been healthy and stay that way, and kind of know better. And I've been in the space for a long time, and you know, I'm doing pretty much everything I think I ought to be doing in my regular life, and all of a sudden, this kid shows up, and all these stones that had gone unturned all of a sudden become suspect. You go, wait a minute. What is that bottle made of? You know, why is my kid sucking on plastic? Is that safe? Right? And you start just looking at all of the things that we kind of take for granted in our day to day lives and look at them uh, in terms of toxic load, environmental toxins, um, uh, basically. pesticides, anything that's like a, a hormone disruptor. And, um, you know, I know too much now to not uh, just kind of play ostrich here. And so it's really opened up this this realm of uh, prenatal medicine and early kind of uh, preventative medicine for me in terms of what I'm doing and where my interests are. Because, yeah, I make movies to have the next generation and generations to come, uh, avoid some of the health issues that that we've had, uh, especially, you know, the generation before ours in that kind of better living through chemistry model, and and to really get a better relationship with nature and and really start to grow up around the inputs that our our biology have been, you know, really accustomed to uh, for millions of years, which is things that occur naturally on planet Earth versus things that we just synthesize. In a lab, didn't do any testing on, and now are exposing our poor children to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know we've talked before, and that's a big passion for me too, is reversing these trends that we're seeing for the next generation and all the things we hear about, you know, with epigenetics now that we're finding out so much of how all of these influences are causing our gene expressions to actually change. And a lot of my listeners are moms. And so, of course, as moms, we're always striving to do the best we can for our children, but it can definitely seem overwhelming sometimes. And you can probably identify with that as a dad. And there's so much conflicting information out there. Um, And so I know a lot of my my friends, my personal friends and listeners are looking for answers for their children or for their health, and they're working with conventional doctors and it sometimes doesn't seem like they're getting anywhere. Um, So can you talk about some of the problems with our medical system and how parents can navigate that to find answers?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, great place to go with this because just just a little background, you know, I came back, I was a Taoist monk for four years. I studied with the Dalai Lama and a number of different masters in the Himalayas and, you know, I I spent a lot of time on the Eastern side uh, studying consciousness and, and, you know, uh, you know how we can find true happiness, and I came back and got into healthcare. Realized how fragmented it was. Decided, you know, I was in my early twenties at the time. I decided, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this around and fix it. And so I started my own medical group, and we had all kinds of, you know, stuff going on. We were featured on the covers of journals, and we were doing some really innovative integrative health. But I felt trapped because. I was still in a sick care model, not a healthcare model, uh, meaning that I couldn't really see you or your children unless you had a diagnosable illness that your insurance company would pay for, because that's how the model was set up. So effectively, myself and my you know my doctors, and we had like thirty some odd people in three offices, we had to wait for you to break, and then. Take you know three times the effort, three times the cost to try to fix something that was super preventable and avoidable half the time. I mean, look, people still get hit by buses, but eighty-five uh, percent of the stuff that that goes into uh, the healthcare clinics in uh, this country alone are lifestyle related. Right, and so we were trying to find ways to offset this. Effectively, put ourselves out of business, and that's and that's one of the major flaws with the healthcare model is there's no incentive for the doctor to get you better. And not to say that docs do this intentionally, but the money is in treatment. The money is in expensive tests, and the money is in you know trying to uh, leverage uh, the high dollar uh, value kind of procedural stuff. Out of patience because everyone's getting squeezed for money. And I said, you know what? This is crazy. This isn't what I got into this for. Um, and got into corporate wellness and eventually realized that it was about education. And I started making movies and writing books.
0: That's awesome. And that's what I would love to talk to you about a lot. Now, Um, I just watched a recent project of yours recently, Vitality, and it addresses a lot of the same topics that I talk about. And I thought it was so comprehensive. So can you talk about what inspired you to create Vitality and then about the core message in Vitality?
1: Uh, Yeah, so... What happened was in my, you know, 15 years of hanging out and seeing patients and and kind of running multiple clinics and really trying to figure out how to fix this from the top down, what really bubbled up was that, you know, people will say, hey, you know, I want to get healthy, so I'm going to take some diet or I'm going to do some cleanse or I'm going to go to CrossFit, right? And everyone has this kind of single plane uh, one vector approach to health, and so we really looked at it in terms of uh, a, a bird's eye view, and came up with a model that just made sense and could make sense to anybody. And so we really we created this wheel of vitality, where vitality is obviously in the middle, and we'll talk about what vitality is in terms of definition. But around this, the spokes lead to four spheres of diet, exercise, sleep, and mindset, and you only really have vitality when you effectively strike a balance with all of these. You cannot have a flat tire in sleep, and you know be eating right and exercising and and, and kind of you know even doing stress management and yoga stuff, but not sleeping at night and do well, right? Eventually, uh, there's a price to pay, and so what we did is we created a model of understanding health in a vitalistic sense because. Really, the, the founders of medicine, you know, the, the ancient Greeks, and you know, the, it came from the Middle East, you know, India, then the ancient Greeks, and they kind of became the the originators of, of our, uh, our medical model. It was based on vitalistic principles. It was about saying, <clears throat> what is this thing called health? How can we enhance it and how can we use this vitality to offset disease, right? You look at these kids running around and, and you're like, oh my gosh, how do they have so much energy, right? Well, that's vitality, right? And and you know, youth is kind of wasted on the young because they don't really think about their health until it's a problem. And that, you know, kind of, you know, that usually happens with adults too. You know, once you start getting into your, you know, some in some people's cases their 20s, but usually 30s and 40s, and that that vitality light starts to flicker a little bit. That's when we first go, uh-oh, hey, wait a minute. Uh, what what do I got to do here, right? What what have I done wrong? How do I how do I get this back? I don't really have energy anymore. I find myself drinking four cups of coffee a day and borrowing energy from tomorrow to just kind of get through today. And I need, uh, you know, some, someone help me. And at that point, you know, your adrenals are shot and your blood sugar is all messed up. And hopefully, you're not on too many medications, but. That's when most people come to vitality is when it's gone. And so what we're doing is creating a top-down model. I'm working with the IFM, ACAM, some of the be, you know, best doctors in the world. If you look at our luminaries on well.org, we have serious contenders uh, that are you know, New York Times bestsellers and know what they're talking about. And we're creating a model to teach parents and to teach people in general how to live life healthfully. So that you don't need to pull into the body shop with a busted busted, uh, bumper every other week and say, help me, doctor, fix me. Because the root of the word doctor in Latin is to teach, right? Not to treat, not to prescribe, but it's to teach. And so we're really working to bring the nobility of the profession back and teach doctors how to interface with patients in a way where they help them enhance their vitality and teach patients how to enhance the vitality in their families so that we're all running around like those kids full of energy and and not moody and cranky and tired and, and needing pills to to get through our lives.
0: Um, I absolutely agree, and that's one thing I always have thought. I bet doctors are as frustrated as a lot of us are with the healthcare system because I really believe most people become a doctor because they truly want to help people, and they probably get just as frustrated as we do. Um, But I love the point you made about children and how they just naturally have energy because I've written about that before, how children are just they are so energetic and they're so healthy typically, but they also do a lot of things for their health that we as adults stop doing. They sleep at night. They take naps during the day, they run really fast, and then when they rest, they rest and they relax and they eat when they're hungry, and so many things that we stop doing as adults. So can you talk about some of those actionable things that you mentioned in the movie that um, are changes that people could start implementing in their own lives?
1: Absolutely. Um, so first stop, um, and, I, and I say this as a new parent and I've been watching my nephews grow up and they're like five and six and, I, you know, and I've, been watching, I've been working with kids for uh, well over 15 years now, is the first stop in all of it in my opinion is do not let the television brainwash your children into telling you what they should eat for breakfast. Right, and I know you and I would agree on this one hundred percent. Is you know, if your kid is demanding a sugar cereal, and you're uh, you're basically bowing and and saying, okay, you could have you could have some today, but you know, have a piece of fruit. um, You're pretty you're pretty much making a deal with uh, diabetes, and you're just offsetting it and, and and really stacking the odds against your kid for for life. And so it's it's a really big deal. And so, uh, you know, taking control of the food, getting uh, your children to really understand where food comes from, getting little mini gardening projects, taking them to farmers markets, taking them to farms, I think is critical because food comes from the earth, and our kids are so disconnected from the earth oftentimes that they don't really know. Uh, you know what I mean? When I showed up at, at UCLA, um, the kids in the dorms didn't know how to prepare food. They only knew how to microwave food, and food came wrapped in plastic and came in boxes. And so, you know, it was this kind of rude awakening because I came from kind of a traditional culture where mom would get raw ingredients and, and and make food, right? And and so that is getting worse in a lot of ways. So it's really up to us. We can't even rely on the doctors to do it. The doctors are too busy chasing down, you know, the insurance companies. To get paid for work they did four months ago, and you know sometimes a year ago, and so we're you know on one hand we're working with the doctors to to say look guys you know here's here's a way to kind of be better at what we do and and become uh, thought leaders in the community because we're already respected and kind of take that position back, but really. Jumping in with the parents and saying, look, guys, you are the consumers. You are the one going to the grocery store. You are the one walking out with a cart full of... What fill in the blank, right? And so the food decisions happen in the grocery store. They don't happen in the pantry. Once they're in the pantry, uh, you know you're just going to have a hungry, weak moment, and it's too late. You're going to eat whatever's in there. Uh, And then one of one of the other big things, and we talk about a lot of things in the movie, obviously, but one of the other big things uh, I see with children, and I'm I'm kind of a, a Waldorf dude, is we are we are subjecting them to a system that was created in the 50s, that was pretty much like a post-war system of creating units that go into corporations that basically have them park there from nine to five in these uncomfortable chairs at these, you know, poorly lit stations and then get up, get in their car and rinse and repeat. And that world is dead. Right, so you know, forcing our children to sit around and and do this kind of old school didactic learning and, and create poor posture and not have you know adequate cross crawl and understand how their body works and lose their core strength and huddle around you know laptops or, or gaming systems is absolutely causing a, it's, it's causing an epidemic. And so, you know, under the exercise sphere, we we definitely talk about a lot of that. The sleep, as you know, and and you talked about is, you know, they kind of got it. Like we understand that the kid needs to go to bed. Um, So usually you don't lose that till later, which is awesome. Um, But then in the mindset category, um, they, you know, it's – it's this culture of conspicuous consumption and you know I remember growing up you know all the boys would be like well what kind of car are you gonna get when you grow up and'd be like well I'm getting a Lamborghini I'm getting a Ferrari right and and we were aspiring to have these like big luxury cars um, and and have things that that would make us attractive to others versus finding out who we are following our dreams and and, and being someone uh, worthy of being considered a, a model citizen in this world so you know what I take a big stance for this And well.org, we talk about that as, you know, the billionaires of the future are going to deserve it. So we got to teach our kids to follow their dreams, follow their passions, get really good at the life thing uh, and become effective human beings. Because frankly, if your kid's going into college right now, the job that they're going to have after they graduate hasn't even been invented, right? That's how fast things are changing. So why are we going to say, well, you have to be an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer, whatever it is old world old model thinking so we need to grow up and adapt so that we can allow some space and some some room for breath for our children to grow into their potential in, instead of trying to you know stuff them into a box and wonder why they're sneaking out smoking cigarettes or you know reacting in some way that that we can't understand
0: yeah i'm right there with you we um we're in the waldorf and montessori type teaching too and i love it and i think that's so important Um, And that's a great point that you made. And one thing I know we've talked about before, and I hope it's okay to bring it up is you've mentioned the idea of um, like victory gardens and encouraging people to have those. And can you explain a little bit about what that is? I know um, our grandparents would definitely have known, but can you explain what that is and how people can start doing that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we're actually doing a huge victory garden campaign uh, after the launch of our next movie Origins in November. And we're working with a bunch of the dot orgs and really kind of banging the drum to get people out to do this. You know, what happened was after World War II, uh, you know, the, the economy was all messed up. We kind of tooled into wartime economy and uh, things were just not right. And so we had a food shortage, and so we had a very successful campaign where you know uh, influential people got on, got on the airwaves and radio waves, and said, "Look, we you know now that we've won the war, everyone should plant a victory garden so that you know you can have some of the food to feed your house come from you know your own sources, so that we can you know afford to feed ourselves and, and not starve to death." And it became this tremendous success, and it became this rally around the flag type of model where the the communities were starting to get built. People connected around food again. And it became really powerful until kind of big food and agribusiness came back in and said, Oh no, you don't want to do that. The kitchen sucks. What you really want to do is, you know, go get your nails done and go to a drive-in movie and go to the mall, spend all your hard-earned money on stuff that you don't need. Right. And so things changed. And so we're working with a lot of our org partners to say, no, you know what? It's time to do Victory Gardens. And take our food system back from Big Ag and all of these these companies that are more interested in profits than they are in uh, the health of our children. So really, I mean, you know, yes, you could join the party, uh, you know, this December with us, and, and we're welcoming everyone, obviously. But if you want to get started right now. All you really need to do is go get a good source of heirloom seeds. Make sure they're not genetically modified. Make sure they come from nature. And if you don't even want to do heirloom seeds, and you just had an apricot you enjoyed, and you have some organic apricot, you know, pit or seed, go in your yard and bury it and water it. Right? Learn where food comes from. Right? And and there's all kinds of how-to videos we're going to be doing on it. There's a huge initiative uh, happening around this where we're just teaching people how to connect again with the earth. Because it turns out that's where food comes from. That's where we come from. And for us to kind of live more in harmony with, with some of the uh, you know old ways uh, is proving to not only bring back our health, but it's also bringing back our sanity. Right? Because in nature. And I, you know, I just did this long kind of wilderness survival class and all kinds of crazy adventures for our last movie where we're tracking lions in Africa and, and, you know, (laughs) really just doing it. I mean, I'm sure my wife lost some sleep over it because I was off, you know, on these adventures. Um, But, you know, what you really need in the wild in a wilderness survival situation is food, water, fire, shelter. Everything beyond that is a want, not a need. Right. So if you're dying over that Birkin purse or saying, you know, my 1998 Mercedes is too old and I'm embarrassed to drive it and I really need a new car and all these types of things. And there's nothing wrong with having things. Right. But it's just about kind of recalibrating the priority bucket to say health is. Absolutely, the most vital asset you have. And, and sanity is the like the vital asset that springs from health. It comes from vitality. So, once we kind of get our priorities straight and start just making better decisions for ourselves and our families, you know, it's, and I have this all the time. Like, I'll have a patient come in and I'll say, Look, you got to stop feeding your kid that food. You need some organic produce. And they'll, you know, and they'll come back with a counter argument and say, Well, that's too expensive. And I say, All right, touche. Roll up my sleeves and be like, All right, do you have cable TV? Yeah. How much do you pay a month for cable TV? Oh, I don't know, 80 bucks. Great. Cancel it. Now you have 80 more dollars for your grocery budget. What else you got? Uh, do you stop at Starbucks two times a week, three times a week, four times a week at the tune of five, six bucks? Great. Cool. Make some coffee at home. Problem solved. Next, right? And so we'll just start looking at where their budgets are leaking out to things that aren't necessarily serving their health and their vitality. Make some course corrections, make some adjustments and help bring some health and sanity back with money that's already kind of on the table and is being blown on stuff that, that doesn't bring them closer to their family and doesn't help them get closer to their, their life goals.
0: Yeah, that was a step we took years ago with canceling the cable. And it, it made a positive difference for our family both budget-wise and just because we had more family time. So I would echo you on that one for sure. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit too about like the adult side of things, maybe adults who are already experiencing health problems, who already have the, they're already in the sick care model, what, what steps are the most important for them to start taking or, um, where would you direct them first? What would, what would be your first step?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, listen, whether you are a six year old who hasn't squandered it all away yet, or you're a 65 year old who's having health challenges and, you know, is on three or four different pills, vitality is vitality and vitality is about how we live. So the sooner you can make some course corrections on diet, exercise, sleep, and mindset, and we got a ton of resources there that we've offered free for people just because it's like teach people how to fish and they immediately start getting better. I'm not saying that you're gonna get off your metformin in a day, but what I'm saying is I've seen hundreds of cases, hundreds of cases where we've made adjustments to people's lifestyle alone and all of a sudden their numbers start shifting and we, you know, meet with, you know, their primary doctors or whoever's, you know, kind of running their stuff. And they end up having to shift the dosage, if not, you know, take them off the medications altogether once we've seen the positive change. So the, the moral of this story is don't go pulling off your drugs cold turkey. Start living healthfully with principles that are proven and known to work. And you'll start to see all of those numbers change. And you'll see really I mean, kind of in a in a magical way, the entire universe starts to conspire to support your mission once you're kind of in tune with the energy of, of life. And what I mean by that is, is life and vitality have a flow. You could see it in someone's eyes. You could you could see it when someone walks in the room. You're like, wow, that you know that gal's got it. Or, you know that guy, yeah, he's he's really got that spark, right? Well, what is that? And and. Part of that is, yeah, you might say charisma or, or, or something, right? But a lot of that is kind of the the, the furnace uh, of health and how it's running and how that particular individual has energy that's in abundance and it's not being spent on uh disease it's not being spent on inefficiency right like if you have a leaky gut you're spending so much energy trying to figure out what's friend or foe in your gut lining that you're constantly inflamed your headaches are probably coming from it your mood swings are coming from it you're not digesting and absorbing food so well and now you're you know allergic to gluten and so there's so many – it's like I, the way I teach it is you got to look at your your life like a, like a company almost. And you have these different departments and you got to see where you're profitable and you got to see where you're bleeding out and really start plugging up the holes, figuring out specifically what parts of your life are not working and are the biggest energy drains and work on really kind of regaining control of where your energy is being lost and then reinvesting it in life. Because a lot of people say, well, you know, I wish I had the time or energy to do that, but dude, I'm totally exhausted and I can barely get through my day. It's like, okay, great. Let's take a look at your life. And here's four places where we're going to make subtle changes, no different, you know, you're not putting any more energy into your life than what you were doing before. You're just doing these four things differently. And in 30 days from now, let's see how you feel. Like, oh yeah, I really feel better. Like, great. Don't waste it. Now let's reinvest that energy into, you know, a three-day-a-week exercise program that you can now do. That's not going to tear your shoulder out because most people go from couch potato uh, to CrossFit in our culture, and then they end up tearing something, and then they're down for six months and going through physical therapy, and they go through all these cycles where every time, every time they could get down with a flat tire, they gain ten more pounds, right? And so there's a lot of ways of doing it, but for adults. There's so much hope. I've had people in their 70s, 80s, even 90s start to follow the principles that we're talking about here. And all of a sudden you can see that sparkle in their eyes. You can see them saying, look, you know what? I've always wanted to see the pyramids in Egypt and I'm going to do it this year. And they do it, right? Because they have the energy, they have the vitality. To live life fully again, and the only way you can do that is to understand how to kind of captain your own ship. No doctor can do that for you. And that false promise of medicine in the '50s uh, has already been proven wrong. Like it's not live how you want; and we'll create a pill to fix it. It's live healthfully, and we're here to support you. That's what good doctors do.
0: Absolutely, and I I love that. So many of the things you talked about in Vitality, and you mentioned that probably my you would be able to do a screening for my audience, and um, I hope this is okay to say, but I'm going to create a link, wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash vitality, that I can direct to wherever um, you'd like to do that, but can you talk about that also, if that's still a possibility?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we've actually uh, just uh, you know the vitality's been out for a little while now. It's doing great. Um, we have the country of Namibia; they're using it um, you know to educate children. We have uh, governors of different states that are using it to to help with foster children and teach them about vitality. And you know it's it's done really well because it's a simple message that the kids can get and go. Oh, okay, got it. How's my vitality? So. Um, I'll create a link for a free screening uh, for um, your your army of mommies here because I think that uh, moms are you know we've talked about this a lot offline you know mama bear is one of the strongest energies in the world and we need moms to really kind of step into their power and really take control because moms are the consumers moms are the heads of the household in a lot of ways and they're making those decisions and so. What we'll do is we'll create a link. We'll get you in there, and and what we could do, and I've done this uh, once before, where we can do a, a free screening for you know a number of days, and we'll figure out how we're going to do it, and then maybe you and I could get on a Google Hangout and invite your audience to come hang out with us, and we could just kind of do q and A Q&A about concepts in the movie, and really kind of talk about it, because that's where some really juicy stuff comes out, and we've had some delightful conversations with people, and and you know these moms come out of the blue, and people come out of the blue, just saying, look, you know, well, I did this for that, and it really worked, and I'll just just look at them and be like, yeah, right on, man. You know what? I would have never thought of that. And you know, you're out there living your life and 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 doing it in the workshop of life. And what you just said just helped all of us. So thank you. So yeah, uh, anything you want to do, like I'm here to support. I, you know, I left a posh medical job to to kind of be of service. And I love what I do. I really love this work. And it's meaningful and it's inspiring and I get to hang out with people like you uh, who are out there helping people. So yeah, we'll put a link together. And let's let's have your let's have your uh, wonderful tribe watch the movie. You guys, I invite you to watch it and then join us for a conversation so that we can really kind of circle around what we can now do in our own lives to make this happen.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, we have talked a lot about that mama bear instinct. And that's one of my battle calls is that moms are going to be the ones that make the changes for the future generations because we do we have not only the food budget that we control, but we're shaping the next generation and we care so much. I think every mom we're always on that journey to be the best mothers we can be and to raise Our children, the best way we know how, and I think Vitality will be a great resource for other moms. And so that link is wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash Vitality, and we'll have that set up for you guys to have a free screening and also the information on how they can connect with both of us on Google Hangout, which would be so much fun. Um, And then to kind of end things up, I always ask a couple of questions of my listeners. And the first one, um, health or not, what is some advice you wish you had gotten earlier in your life? (laughs)
1: That's great. Um, Some advice that I wish I would have gotten earlier in my life is always trust that your dreams are where you should be going right don't fall into someone else's plan or story or narrative of where you think life's gonna go because now that I'm a parent and I realize you know how easy it is to control the life of a young one and tell them what to do and I watch all the parents around me I watch you know I see some of the you know some of the people that you know made a series of really bad decisions in high school and now are you know parenting a number of uh, children and they're trying to guide them and tell them give them life advice that I don't think they're Qualified to give in a lot of ways is, dude. Let your kid blossom. Give them the give them the skills they need within the parameters that keeps them from being a sociopath or you know, uh, you know menace to society. But you know we live in a world right now where you can live your dreams and really uh, do whatever you want as so long as you're delivering delivering value to society. You can make a living doing it, and you don't need to follow a formula that doesn't work for you. You know, I spent a lot of time playing doctor and being in the corridors of, of hospitals and all kinds of stuff, where I was just like, "God, I, you know, I just don't like it in here." Um, and I thought I had to pay my dues, and now I travel the world making movies, writing books, doing all sorts of wonderful things, and and helping make the world a better place. And it's all because I was like, you know what? I'm not buying that anymore. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to do what makes me happy and it's, it's changed my life.
0: Awesome, and then lastly, what's one good resource besides obviously your own website and documentary which I will link to in the show notes, but one good resource that you um, go to for your own health, maybe a book or a website or a movie that you would recommend?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I I spend a lot of time uh, looking at stuff from the Environmental Working Group. I think they do a lot of great research, and they're they're out there fighting the good fight for us. Uh, between them and Friends of the Earth, there's just there's a lot of really good people doing great work um, to make the world a better, safer place for our children. So I really, you know, I take my hat off to some of these people that have really paved the way. So EWG and Friends of the Earth are, are wonderful resources.
0: Awesome. Well, Pedram, thank you so much for your time and for being here and sharing with my listeners and for being willing to share vitality with us also. Um, And thanks to all of you for listening. If you would, please take a second and subscribe so that you receive future episodes of this podcast. And I would also be really appreciative if you would leave a rating or review, um, an honest one, definitely. And just tell me what you'd like to hear in the future and to help others find this podcast. So thank you for listening. And until next time, have a healthy week.